Welcome to episode number five of Justifying the F-Word. And as always, guys, remember that F-Word means your 40s and 50s, living your best life. Well, and really, any time of your life to live your best life. True dad. What's going on, Megan? Oh, you know, another week in the bag. And another week on crutches? Yes. So if you did tune into episode four, I was hoping, crossing fingers, all things that I would be uh, taking off and walking this week. And uh, sometimes there's, I, I wouldn't say setbacks. Let's not look at it that way. But just, I needed a little bit more healing. So I'm still on crutches and my brace. But it's going to be like that moment in Forrest Gump where he just takes off running. Oh, but yeah. it's going to be me walking that's going to be wednesday so just imagine that's what's going to be going imagine on wednesday uh megan busting down a wooded lane with screws and straps yeah, breaking it's going to be and... just total forrest gump totally. I, I was running <laughs> <laughs> well you had some big outings right so at least you got cleared to drive that's a yes. big deal um yeah so i was cleared to drive so that's looking at that cup half full um so my big outing this week was i got to go and get my teeth cleaned. So I went to Basin Dental, big shout out um, to Jared, our friend. He's our dentist. He like pumped our podcast to the whole office. So I felt like I was like, yeah, this is awesome. But um, that was my big outing. Um, and I also shout out to Lisa in their office, had great conversation with her. So for me, it was my big outing of the week going to Basin Dental. And they they made me feel special. And really, that's honestly one of the funnest parts about doing this is just running into people or people reaching out to us online and having that opportunity to say, oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. That's uh, That means a lot. So thank you, everybody, who's taken the time to review the podcast and uh, and say hi. We, yeah. we appreciate it. Yeah. So other parts, I mean, I have been productive, but I feel like I'm a little bit behind times. Um, because I am still down and out, not that I have to make excuses because I love me some TV, but um, I started watching Yellowstone and I, I mean, Quinn is like, I got to just watch this because this is all she's talking about. So, you know, maybe we might just sell everything, go, you know, buy a ranch in Montana and become cowboys. Ooh, sounds like good resistance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Quinn, tell us about your week. Yeah. So uh, daylight savings uh, continues to ritualistically beat me with a rubber hose. So I still got up at 4.30 every day this week, like we talked about in the resistance episode. But and what, what time what time did you want to go to bed every night? Like 6.30. It's, it, I, I would say that's pushing it for you. <laughs> I would say it was like 5 o'clock. It's dark. And he's like, oh my, oh gosh. my gosh, is it midnight? Uh, is sweet, it midnight? Sweet Odin's raven. It's hurt. So uh, yeah. It's a deep burn. Yeah. Daylight savings has absolutely destroyed me. Had a great time with uh, Brosif, who's our youngest son, who actually is not named Brosif, popular to contrary belief. But that is his nickname. That's his nickname. Yeah, so. so we would. We hit up the van skate park on our way down to see the jazz play, and that was a ton of fun. And took him along with some customers. It was, uh, it was awesome, and checked out some good movies too. Yeah, we're big movie movie fans yeah. in our house, so that's our week. So to introduce this week's episode, Ooh. episode number five, we made it this far, baby. <laughs> anyway, so I want to start with a riddle. I hate riddles, seriously, dude. <laughs> riddles make me feel dumb. And I know, and anxiety, I, I, and I feel like everybody freaking makes up the answers, and it's not even true. It's always like a midget parachuter in the woods 
they got found in a forest fire. And he was Ugh. like, yeah, so yeah. that might have been very intentional of me knowing that Quinn hates him. But literally, our kids will come home and be like, Dad, you want to hear this riddle? And he's like, no. I don't. I hate him. So it's um yeah. So anyway, okay. Well, he, he hates uh, him. But I really, we are going to start with a riddle. Yeah, but you're going to like this one. I yeah, freaking hate riddles. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's let's hear it. Okay. Full attention. What can you buy with with what can you not buy with money? Woo! That's the first one. You spend every day. So remember, you don't use money on this. So I wait. Wait a second. So I can't buy it with money, but I spend it every day. Yes. Okay. The third is once it is gone, you will never get it back. It, do, would, do, 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 do. it was the it was the bald man in the closet. No. <laughs> I, let me think. I hate this. Time. Ooh, there we go. So yes, winner, winner, chicken dinner. So today we are going to be talking about the currency of time. And to quote one of my all-time favorite songs, and you run and you run to catch up with the sun, but it is shrinking, racing around to come up behind you again. The sun is the same in a relative way, but you're older, shorter of breath, and one day closer to death. Ooh, little time there, huh? Yeah, little time. Well, fun fact: I'm a I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan, and we actually take our kids every year to see Brit Floyd, who's a tribute band, not a cover band. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Great light show. Um, if you have the chance, go check them out. But Megan almost ruined uh, Dark Side of the Moon for me. It was one of those things that she listened to over and over and over and over, and I said, you know what? There is so much as saying that too much of something. Yeah, and our kids literally, like, it's my favorite album of all time. So that's why I was like, ooh, I'm going to sneak this in and quote it. Um, But our kids know that album by heart. So now it's like a kid's wearing like a a Pink Floyd shirt from that album, and they'll go up and be like, what's your favorite song and why? You know, and sidebar to that was Quinn might like to do the girl version of, of singing to the great gig in the sky. I believe it. It goes something like, whoa, 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 whoa. And so he always does it. And so, uh, he was dropping off, uh, this was probably like a year ago, a bunch of teenage to the mall, to the mall. Yeah. Teenage girls. It was our daughter and her friends. Yeah. Yeah. That song came on the radio and our daughter just looks at him and goes, please don't, please, please please don't. Just don't. It was sheer terror in her eyes. Yeah. Please don't. Okay, so let's get back on the yeah, time. So, okay, so all joking aside, today we are going to discuss the currency of time. Um, when we are younger, we place no value on time. It's like, how many times have your kids come to you and been like, I don't know what to do. I'm so bored. Like, I think as a parent, I literally was like, I would love to be able to say that. I, I don't know what to do. I just have all this time. I don't know what to do with it. And so you fast forward a bit and you start to go to school and you get less and less of that time. And so you start, you know, like your value increases, like the more that you're adding things into your schedule. Oh, dude. I remember when uh, out of college, I had my first job. So I'm working for an engineering firm and I think Christmas was on like a Wednesday. It was either a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And I had no vacation. I had accrued nothing. And I remember having to go in the day after Christmas 
and being like, oh my gosh, what do you mean I don't get three weeks off to go And I think you were like the, there was like three people in cube land with you. Yeah, that was that was it. And I had nothing to work on and I legitimately sat there for Yeah, a whole and you week. were just like and I think I was calling you being like, Oh, I'm watching Christmas movies. <laughs> this is awesome. And you're like, and, screw well, you. and, I, and I think that was one of the biggest harsh reality or like adult checks of realizing that my time was being cut dramatically short. No more summer vacation, no more Christmas vacation. Yeah, and you you didn't necessarily have control of that. No, not you at didn't. all. You're I not like, Oh, up. this is my schedule. It was like they're being like, dude you're going to be here and you're going to rot here and you're going to be here the day after Christmas, whether you like it or not. Yeah. I yeah. would say that would have been a uh, Marley and Scrooge enterprise pre, <laughs> uh, pre the awakening. Yeah. And so I feel like, um, it's kind of like being a mom and you realize there's a point when, especially little kids, now my kids would be mortified, but, um, the, you can't go to the bathroom or take a shower by yourself. And I, here, this is parenting 101 right here, guys. If you can't find your kids, mm, do say, go lay down to take a nap. Oh, this is a good one because all of a sudden they appear like out of no, 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 nowhere. No. Back that up. Yeah, it's, it's not when you lay down to take a nap. Oh, it, you okay, it, it's you have you got to hit you, the, you, the rim of yeah, sleep. So you, you've wound down, you know, you may have checked your phone, whatever, and you have finally fallen asleep. Yep. And then all of a sudden they appear, there might be a few neighbor kids and all of that. So I, I feel like, uh, yeah. Like, so that, that's solid advice. So just remember, if you can't find your children, lay down to take a nap, lay, lay down and they just, will, they will all appear. <laughs> yeah. So, um, currency of time is the topic of today. So now all of us, this is something that we hear from everyone we know is, man, I wish I had more time or I don't have time for that. These are just things that you hear day in and day out. And I feel like it is one of those that now that being older, we lack uh, that, that currency. Like as kids, like you are like Scrooge, like in, you know, swimming in that time. Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Scrooge McDuck. Spitting coins out of your mouth. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that, but then now, now I feel like it is one of those that you're like, you know, you definitely imagine having that more time yeah. in a whole different sense of the word. Well, you so. give it, you give it more value. So with today's episode being on the currency of time, I wanted to share a story that happened to me a few years ago. And this really brought home, I think it really put into perspective the currency of time and how... I longed for it or longed for the proper usage of it. Would you say lust? A lust. <laughs> it was a... A lust. It was Greenwich Mean Zone lust, <laughs> like serious, like uh, 24 hour lust, like crime. Like okay. I, I need, it was a crime of passion wanting time, my time back. <laughs> they're they're going to be so <laughs> underwhelmed by this story. Okay. So I went over to a friend's house and this friend of mine is extremely su- successful. And so this had nothing to do with any wealth envy. I'm incredibly happy for anybody who's absolutely knocking it out of the park. But this friend of mine had picked up a hobby and this hobby was building like cool furniture, like cool chairs, desks, dressers using like cool rich mahogany. Yeah. Yeah. He was like like Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. yeah. Yeah. And so he had this cool wood shop and he's showing it all to me. And I can remember we were driving away and Megan said, man, isn't that cool that our buddy's doing that? Like, that is the neatest thing. And I said, 
and I told her when we were driving away, I said, I am not jealous of any earthly possession that that man owns, but I am wildly insecurely jealous of the time that he has to be able to do that. Just to be able to say, I have this passion. I have this hobby. This is something I want to do. And now I have the time to do it. Yeah. Cause you could have the wanting oh, yeah. to be like, I want to do this. And there's been times where like, you know, we've been talking forever about building a deck in our backyard and it's one of those, I mean, granted right now, lumber is a little out of control. So that that's, that's hindering it. It might be concrete. Yeah. But, um, it's the kind of deal that a lot of it is coming down to that time of like, Ooh, when am I going to bite off this huge project? So we all have the same number of hours in our day. Like every single one of us, it's like, we're playing on that same board. Um, hours that are filled with responsibilities and obligations and managing time often comes down to choices. So like in episode four, we talked about that obligation bucket. So if you haven't listened to it, go back. Um, it's one that, that definitely talking about the obligations in your life and it's going to tie in a lot to today. Yeah. Just like identifying who you are and having certain obligations that you have to go into the same goes for your time and these are these obligations are on autopilot. You know, it's your work, your family, your lawn, anything that you have to spend time on. But they can also become a problem. Yeah, so the problem with obligations is they can take up 90% of your time. Or I would even say they can take up 100 if you 100, yeah. Well, you got to sleep. But I do but think some people, sac- yeah, and, and some people will sacrifice that for other obligations. But these can range from work, running, carpool, parenting. You you have to make cookies for that that thing in the classroom, or uh, they have to be prepackaged. Yeah, you now can. now they're making it <laughs> no easy. On, they're making it nice. They're easy to <laughs> making it really nice for moms like me. That's like, oh, uh, can we just buy a package? But um activities at the school, so on, so on, so on. There's so many things that are obligations and we say yes way and way too often. And this is where sometimes we lose balance. So not saying that these are bad things. They're not, but we lose balance. And every time we say yes to something, we are saying no to something else. Okay. Can you expand on what you're saying there? Yeah. So instead of like, well, really, instead of feeling like you're in control of your schedule, um, you feel your time is not yours. So meaning, let's say that you overcommit your kids because you love your kids and you want your kids to have opportunity. But let's say you've said yes, yes, yes. And they are like, you have three kids. They're each in four different activities. At that point is it's yes, yes, yes. It has become where you're like, I don't even have time to think. And that time is not your own. Not saying that like with your kids, you've signed up for that. But there's a part where because you've said yes to everything, it's almost overly obligated you to those things. Well, and I think that goes right along with the Pink Floyd lyric. Oh, yeah. Can I bring it back? Yeah. (laughs) You run and you run to catch up with the sun, but it's sinking. It's, you know, we've all felt that feeling of, I got up when it was dark and now I'm pulling into the driveway when it's dark. Well, and I feel like you rush in a lot of that. It can be a different situation. Like you could overcommit at work and say, oh, I'll do this project. I'll do this project. And then what happens is you're rushing from one commitment to the next and never feel truly present 
at any of them mm. because you're you're just like, oh, I got to go to my kids thing. Okay, check. Now I got to go do this and I got to bake this bread. I got to go to book club. I got to, you know, whatever it may be, you've overcommitted. So are you really there and committed and present to what you are? So we cram more and more into our days, but we feel less, we have less time to do the things that we really want to do or see the people we want to see. Or so I think in summary to that, it would be, you feel less fulfilled. Yeah. And I think that sometimes this is not every, every time, and this isn't to preach, but I think these are all good, uplifting things. But sometimes we use the people that we love as the back burner, Mm. meaning that you're like, oh, I have all these things and they're good things that I'm working on myself or whatever. But you know, you don't have that time to sit down with your kids at the dinner table to have a dinner to be like, hey, what are your highs of the day? What are your lows of the day? And really know, but you're supporting them at their sports. And I'm not saying I'm all about sports activities, but I do think sometimes over committing makes it so it takes away that that time of having that one-on-one conversation okay or that so you mentioned feeling overwhelmed and well, having, well not right now well, but yes yes well you mentioned like basically having too much on the books right yes. that's what that's what you've just summarized so i don't want people when we're as we go through this, I don't want our listeners to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. Like, I don't even know where to start. So I'm going to distill this down and... Uh, <laughs> Are we going nerd? Going nerd. Hey, yeah. you guys know every episode he's allowed at nerdy least hot. one. Here, at here, least here, one. here comes... Oh, now he's trying to yeah. sell. I'm nerdy hot, so it's okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, Newton's third law of motion. Ooh. Get ready for this. Is it a fig Newton? It's a fig Newton. Delicious, fig Newton. yeah. Now, this is more apple falling out of the tree on on Sir Isaac's head. But uh, it's for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So as Megan said, you know, when you're making a commitment to something, just know that there is going to be an opposite reaction to that. So if you're overcommitting to yourself, if you're overcommitting socially, then obviously your kids are suffering. Or if you're overcommitting to your kids, then maybe your relationship is suffering. Yeah. And we aren't saying that these things like uh, to go back, they're all good things. But the point is, is when you say yes to something, you are unintentionally saying no to something else. And so that's just looking at it and saying, okay, well, yes, if, if I'm saying yes, yes, yes to all these projects at work, what does that mean in your home life? And that's, you know, there has to be sacrifice along the way with your career and with kids, but also, um, you know, looking, looking at that and saying, okay, what am I giving up? What am I saying no to? Is that saying no to going to the skate park with your son and that, that that's okay. But it's one of those, it, it, it is, uh, you're unintentionally saying no to something else. Okay. So once again, to distill this down to make it so it doesn't seem so overwhelming. How do you go about this? I think that you go about it by prior prioritizing um, what in identifying what the most important thing is. So your main goal. So your job is, let's say you're, you're in your career. Yes, you have that obligation of working, but is it that you are so consumed with it that you're using that almost 
as like, that's your only calling card where, you know, maybe, maybe finding something that is going to be fulfilling, but you're able to also, um, spend that time with your family or on personal growth or other things. So if I'm sitting here saying like, I'm feel so overwhelmed, um, I think the first step is really to sit down and understand, like you said, what is your main goal? But secondly, identify, and this goes back to what we talked about in the last episode of values, really identify what is the most important and what is not like what, what's your fluff and what do you absolutely need to have? For sure. And I think to go along with that is learning to say no. And we talked again, we keep going back, but honestly, if you haven't listened to episode four, we discuss a lot more in depth of these things, but learning to say no doesn't mean that you're just like, I'm going to jerk sauce everybody that I know, but it is learning to know your limits by looking at your calendar and intentionally saying yes to things and knowing that it's going to fit in and how that puzzle piece is going to fit in with your time. And the other is minimizing distractions in your life. So if we're minimizing your distractions, let's talk about what could be distractions. I think a huge distraction um, in a lot of people's life is social media. Um, And it's good. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I'm all about it, but it's, I think that sometimes that can be a time suck in, um, in your life. Um, now another thing, and I don't, cause believe me, I am invested right now in what's going on in the Dutton's ranch in Yellowstone. Yes. Can I, can I give a disclaimer? Yes. Okay. I don't want this to come off preachy to No, anybody. not at all. That's so, what I'm saying is I, so we, we both like social media. Yes. We both enjoy TV. I happen to watch ancient aliens and Megan happens <sighs> to watch watch teenage dramas hey, but uh, just 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 make sure that you just ignored what you just heard hey okay if but, anybody wants to know how the pyramids are no, built no 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 okay here we go but okay so meaning if you're looking at your time i'm not saying like hey i've had a long day i want to sit back for an hour before i go to bed this is not what we're talking about but if you watch a ton of TV, that is what you are consuming most of your time with. We're not talking like, hey, I want to catch up on this or, hey, I might have a week where I binge a show and, you know, then I'm good for a while. But if you spend all your time and a ton of time watching TV, guess what you're going to be good at? Uh, calligraphy? No. You are going to be good at watching TV. Okay? So... You're invest like if you want to be um, have strong relationships, then it's that time that you've invested in relationships. It's just not going to be poof, and it's going to happen. So if you're so consumed with work, 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 work on both sides of it, and say, you know what, when we're retired, we're going to have so much time for this. Guess what? That investment hasn't been like you haven't been paying into it. That makes perfect sense. Well, I think along those lines whether it be intentional or unintentional, there's always a compound effect. Explain. So for example, you could take a multivitamin every single day and you may not initially go, wow, I feel better. But it could be the kind of thing a year down the road, you say, geez, I didn't get sick as much as I did last year. And it seems like a 1% gain, but it's something that happens over time. Or, for example, I could walk and I could go out and walk around the neighborhood 
every single day and go, you know what? I lost five pounds, but I'm not like bikini ready. Huh? Ah. <laughs> How about that? I'm kind of nervous yeah. if you're going to wear a bikini, but you know. But that may be the different, that if you do that every single day through your 40s, 50s, that might make you walk in your 80s or okay. make it so you can still ski. But so those are positives. But on the other side of that, there's the negative. For example, and this is an unintended consequence. So I've played hockey since the time I was four. And, you know, I played through high school and then through college. And I hurt now. He does. (laughs) I hurt. You know, I had to really baby my shoulder all week at the gym because I've just overused my shoulders. I've got a knee that's messed up that I've hyperextended multiple times from... Maybe you should have thought about when you threw all the guys into the boards that maybe it might have compounded into this. I was protecting myself. Just so you know that Quinn, yeah, he was a defenseman and that's, that's, he had one job. (laughs) One job. You had one job. (laughs) One job. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm saying, so when we're talking about being intentional and unintentional, there are, there is a compound effect that goes along with those, just like if you're saving money for retirement, that is an intentional thing that interest compounds, you have that money in your bank account. And then when you retire, you're, you're, you're in a great spot. If you ignore your health, that's going to be another thing that's going to compound. Well, yeah. And so your health, so I think you go about life, right? I mean, Quinn, obviously that was a compound effect that, I mean, he played hockey. It wasn't like Hey, I'm going to ignore this. That's that's just something that over time. I but, did retire in my early 40s because I didn't want to be like Michael Jordan with the yeah, Wizards. Yeah, but I think a lot of things with health is you have your check engine light, right? We all have cars. The check engine light comes on, and and I'm gonna say I'm say a so, little prayer. It goes away. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it could be something that you just need to get your oil changed. And I've been guilty of being like, oh, I can push it a little bit further. So your 40s and your 50s especially, um, they are going to determine the quality of your life in your retirement. So if right now in your life, you're 40, you've never worked out, you're not happy where you're at, and you feel that um, health is expensive, because it is, like your vitamins, going to the gym, whatever it is that you're going to do, it's not necessarily expensive, but I saw this quote the other day, it said, try illness. That is one that in your your 60s and 70s, you're setting the stage for what is going to be your future. And so using that of like, oh, it's too expensive. Like it's free to walk around the block, peeps. Like it is one of those that look at it of what are you going to do right now looking at that check engine light that you can um, set yourself up for retirement. And I think talking about the compound effect, it really comes down to 1% life changes. So For sure. it, it could be when we're talking about your health, if you've had a scare, if you've had something going on, choose intentionally to spend your time taking care of yourself. And that, like I said, that does not require a major effort. That could be grabbing your kids and going for a walk. That could be grabbing your kids and going and playing tennis. That could be instead of going to a movie you and your wife go for a bike ride along the river. I mean, there's tons and tons of different things you can do, but it doesn't have to be major, but it will compound over time. And and that is taking that time and, you know, almost looking at as a obligation of your health is in right now, envision what you want your, your retirement. 
because I know Quinn and I sit down and we talk about, you know, definitely financially, but we're talking about what we want to do. So our, our dream is we want to live part of the year in an RV and travel like around, like we legitimately want to do that and then spend part of the year living in a condo and visiting our kids. I, I think all of our friends who live across the United States just got nervous. Yeah, they're like, oh, they're going to come. <laughs> they're they're Uncle r- Eddie. <laughs> but anyway, the point of telling you that is right now that is our dream, right? So your health plays into that is you're going to be totally different in your, your, your 60s, 70s, 80s on, but you're setting that stage. So invest the time in you. Look at that as an obligation of look at that check engine light and not ignore it because just like your car, you could go in being like, I need to get my my oil changed and the tires rotated and I didn't do it. So now that that's compounded and now it's like $5,000 down the road. And so envision what you want to be do, how active in your, your retirement and, you know, uh, look at that and pay that currency like into that with that time. Like Quinn said, 1%, it could be shaving out that 30 minutes to go on a walk in the neighborhood. That's going to make the difference. Well, and when we're talking compound, just remember, and we're talking Newton, right? Nerding out here. Okay. okay I'm trying to follow. So, so compound and Newton, we're saying that everything you do I do it for you. Okay, Ryan Adams. That was awesome. Brian Adams. Sorry. Sorry, Ryan, Um, if you're listening. I was going to say that that is quoting (laughs) the first CD I ever owned. Yeah. Well, there you go. Or Spirit, which was a... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, So when we're talking about Sir Isaac Newton or we're talking about the compound effect, those life changes, that currency that we're spending, that 1%, that's going to affect us either positive or negative. So we're talking small steps that you can take right now, spend that currency of your time to affect the quality of life in your retirement. And one of the things that, uh, once again, my buddy Corey, Hecker, Hecker. Once he's going to be famous. <laughs> with that one. Well, we're going to have him on. So uh, one thing he said was live your retirement now, meaning test it out. Like, so if, if you are going to spend the currency of your time in your retirement, like Megan said, living in an RV, then you better have a camper now and try it on the weekends. So it's something that you find out is a positive investment of your time because he's had multiple clients that have gotten down to the age of retirement said, I've always wanted to do this and then hated it once they did it. So he had the chance to actually try it out. For sure. So let's talk Megan. Yeah. About the biggest time suck. And so when are we are we talking like vampires sucking oh, blood? Because <laughs> as you guys all know from well, episode one, yeah, totally. I love vampire stuff. Yeah, and you make fun of me because I believe the aliens built yeah, the pyramids. Yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that you love your uh, that you absolutely <laughs> love it. Okay, so when you're talking vampires here, are you talking vampires like? Nosferatu, or are you talking about the uh, Salvatore brothers? Always. Nosferatu. No, do not ever question that. The Salvatore brothers. And the thing is, Quinn likes to hide back there, like making his jokes, but he, in fact, watched Vampire Diaries with me because he thought Elena was hot. She does happen. She's easy on the eye. Yeah, she is beautiful. And she does happen to run around in her unmentionables from time to time. So just saying, just saying, 
<laughs> Everyone's it, like, what What do we Google? So what do we it, it, it is a colossal time suck. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, so um, these are all things that like fall into the obligation bucket, but you can literally spend all of your currency between these two. Like, mm. yes. Well, and I, and I think there are... There are ways you can spend your currency that are easy. Yeah. And then there's ways that are hard. For sure. Like, for example, we live in a small town and we don't have... Just a small town girl. (laughs) Living in a lonely world. (laughs) Yeah, see, I get shown up every time. (laughs) I assure you there's only water in our tumblers today. (laughs) It's just been a long day. But what I'm saying is we live in a small town and we have a small gas station in said small town. So if we run short on eggs or batois, batois. it's like $7 for a crate of eggs or 7 bucks for like two yeah. sticks of butter. It's yeah. ridiculous. So we're spending way more money unintentionally to go to that place versus going spending driving the other 20 minutes to go to the grocery store. And the reason why I'm using this metaphor is we're talking about how you're spending your time. And there's some things that are easy, like, like watching TV, but what's the net result of that? You know, are you spending the $7 on a crate of eggs or are you making it just a little bit more difficult and doing something that's going to bring you fulfillment for $2? Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about what is the, the biggest time suck for a lot of people in their life. Oh, I'd say work work. And I, I think it's either work or um, if you're a stay-at-home parent, it's it's going to be like, it's going to be being at home because that's literally your 24-7 job at that point is, again, keeping those humans like alive. Yeah, and, and like we've mentioned before, you can absolutely max out all your currency. You can absolutely max out all your currency between those two things. And I had a moment, um, I had a couple interesting things, you know, just getting into the work career. And I can remember in one of my jobs going to my boss, just mentioning, hey, Megan and I are going to be taking this week vacation. I think we are going to Costa Rica or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember. There's always a good reason to go to Costa Rica. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, we were getting ready to go. And my boss at the time said an off the cuff comment of, well, I never take vacation. He was like, I have like like a year or six months worth of vacation because, you know, I'm just that committed. And I looked at that and I was like, screw that. Yeah. I remember you coming home and being like, is this and, my future? Well, like, cause you were probably at that point about maybe three or four years into your career. Yeah. Right. And, and you were like, is this going to be my life forever? Well, and I saw that where he was using the fact that he wasn't going on vacation or taking any time off like a like a military medal that he wore on his chest, which was absolutely ridiculous. And a great quote that was said to me once is, are we working for the sake of working? And are, is that being, is that called playing office? Meaning like, are you just playing office? Are you in there just because you're at work and you're saying, you know what? I just want to look like I'm doing stuff and you're really not effective. You're not getting anything done. And a perfect example of this is my first job I had. I can remember after being there a few months and after my Christmas soiree of being in the office the (laughs) the entire week, I can remember 
I was getting up to leave at like 5.30. I had all my work done. And I had like six or seven people say, hey, short timer, where are you going? And I looked around and I see all these people dinking around in their cubes, maybe not even doing anything. But the culture was such in that office that it was, hey, you better not leave before 6.30 or 7, even if you're not even being productive. And once again, ask yourself, are you working for working sake or are you playing office? Yeah, and I think the work culture often rewards working longer hours with like with raises, prestige and promotion because that's the buy-in. But I think all of us, I mean, I think one great thing that came, I mean, there's multiple of what came out of COVID, right? Of going is a lot of people were like, oh, now I'm working from home and I'm way more productive. I've heard that from so many people being like, I, I, I'm working with a purpose because I know that if I get this done, this time is mine like on the other side of it. And so I do think that's one positive thing is, is they're getting everything done that they need to, but they're not just working for, you know, work's sake and just kind of sitting in there shooting the bull is, you know, and playing office is they're getting their stuff done. Yeah. You, you strip away the office environment. Then you also strip away the medals that people wear around the office feeling like I've spent my time here longer than you have. Like I've been in this edifice. Was this the medal that you won? That's a story oh, yeah. for a different okay. time. Okay. We don't want to get too yeah, off Yeah, I was like, that one's a good one. Yeah, that is but, a good um, one. But, but what my point I'm trying to say is, are you, are you, you strip away that office and you strip away those, that expectation of like wearing that medal, all of a sudden your time obligation goes into what you need to get done that day. And everybody, when they sit down to work, knows exactly, hey, I need to get from point A to point B. That may not take 10 hours. That might take six hours. Yeah. And one of um, my jobs out of college, I remember one of my bosses, I remember putting in more hours in the office. And one of my coworkers worked probably like he'd worked there for a few years more. So he had developed his territory. And he worked like 25 hours a week and I was working like 60 because, I mean, there was times I was just like, you know, kind of shooting the bull and that. And I remember talking to him being like, well, I, you know, I, I'm putting in the, all this time and it stuck with me. My boss said numbers rule. And I was like, wait, what? And I, I learned this at a young age where he's like, you know, so-and-so hits his numbers every month. So I never need to question what he's doing for work and how it's getting done. And so that was like, for me, eye opening as I was like, well, I'm putting in more work. And really he was way more effective. And that is stuck with me is numbers rule. And as a sales manager, I can tell a hundred percent if somebody is out there getting it done or if somebody's just pretending. And the interesting thing I think in the working world, especially in sales is you can work 80 hours a week and work yourself out of a job if you're not spending your time, your currency of time in the proper direction. For sure. So next we want to go down um, a Malcolm Gladwell rabbit hole for a second. Yeah. (laughs) So if you haven't, it was that a cat? (laughs) That was not a rabbit. (laughs) If you haven't had a chance though to, we always bring up a book, um, each time in, in the book, uh, Malcolm Gladwell wrote was outlier. So if you have not had a chance to read this book, highly recommend it. So one of my favorite quotes in the book, it says hard work is a prison sentence. If it does not have meaning. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty bold. 
Yeah. So I, you know, do you want to share yours? Because Quinn has one. Like I said, we're going down a rabbit hole, which obviously sounds like a cat. Like, but yeah. Well, I got bit by a rabbit. He did. He hates rabbits. Our kids have asked like a million times. They're so soft. And he's like, no, No. I had to get a rabies shot. I had to get a rabies shot. It bit me. It was traumatic. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I would say my favorite quote from uh, Mr. Malcolm Gladwell would be, it's not how much money we make that ultimately makes us happy between nine to five. It's whether or not our work fulfills us. Yeah. And both of these can pertain to those who work nine to five. This could be um, a stay at home parent, a part time working parent. But ask yourself do you feel like you are in a prison or finding happiness in what the majority of the time is spent doing? And I'm going to repeat that one more time. So ask yourself, do you feel like you are in a prison or finding happiness in what the majority of your time is spent doing? I I think a great way to identify that. And then also, if you're spending your currency of time effectively, is do you enjoy the process? So the process of your day. So for example, if you like to interact with people, then sales is a great job for you. But if that is your mentality of interacting with people. If you sit down in front of a computer and hammer out spreadsheets, you're going to hate it. And if you're a driven person and you're a stay at home mom, if you sit around and watch cartoons with your kid all day, you're going to be miserable. But if you're like, Hey, let's go out and do stuff. Let's go to museums. Let's go to parks. Let's go explore. Then you're going to find fulfillment in that. It's no longer going to be a prison sentence. And just to go along that with with being a stay-at-home mom, because I've been a a full-time working mom, I've been a part-time and a stay-at-home mom, I've been all three, is with that being said, is fill your time with what is you. Because there was a time where I looked at it and I was like, this is what's pre-described as what I need to be doing with my kids as a stay-at-home mom. And then one day I woke up and I realized I'm like, I'm not the crafty mom. I'm not the mom to sit down and, um, and play, you know, Barbies. But I was the mom, like, like we talked about skiing, um, with our kids hiking. Um, that's the type of mom I am is like, Hey, let's go, let's go for a hike. Let's go for a bike ride. So with what Quinn said is fill your time with thing to share your love, your passion. We talked about passions in episode four. Yeah, with we your, did. Yeah. With your children but make it your own. Don't fill it with something. Because if I sat and craft with my kids all day, I literally would probably gouge my eyes out. It's just not me. But there's other moms that that is what makes them tick. And guess what? I appreciate that when my kids go over to their house and come home with an awesome craft project. Because I'm like, that's awesome, making them a well-rounded person. But that's not me. And I'm also, I've taken their friends like hiking like skiing, my, skiing. you've taught a ton of yeah. kids how to ski. And, and so I've realized that like, hey, I don't need to be like every other mom. I just want to share with my kids my passions and, and that. So Yeah, and along those lines, it not being a prison sentence, I think we need to ask ourselves, what are we trading our time for? Ooh, good question. Yes. So I had, uh, I still feel guilty about this. Which, with this story, I tell Quinn, he definitely shouldn't, but it is a good story because it was doing something good. Yeah. So we moved out to California when our second daughter was six weeks old and I started to don't recommend it. (laughs) And I started a new job. And once again, this goes down to how I was spending my time. And I've at, 
how I felt like I could make this work is if I pushed the chips all in and spent all my time working. So I'd get up at five, I'd work for two hours, I'd shower, then I'd work till five o'clock in the afternoon. I'd go for a walk and have dinner with the family. And then I'd go back in and work till 11 o'clock or midnight and then go to bed. And and this isn't to, to pick on Quinn because I know he was doing everything in his power to be like, I am providing for my little family. But that time that we had of going on a walk dinner, not, not completely there. No. And I will say that I have a huge amount of regret and guilt that I feel like I missed my second born being a baby. Like I don't even yeah, know. You, if I, you, you've mentioned multiple yeah. times. You're like, I don't, I have very few memories of Olivia's being a baby. Because, because I was looking at my obligation of time. I was spending that currency going and I was saying, okay, this is the right thing to do to help everybody out. When in the end, really, I probably would have been a thousand times more effective at work if I would have balanced my life out even better. Well, and I remember when Quinn made the decision to, he, he got another job offer. It was kind of the right time that brought us out to Utah. Um, but I remember when Quinn put in his, his notice that he was leaving, I remember we went out to go surfing and hang out with a bunch of family friends and they were like, who is this guy? And I was like, welcome to meeting the real Quinn Brown. Because it was, he was, and it wasn't a bad thing. Like I said, is he had his obligations of being like, I have this little family. I want to do everything, give them the world. But it was one of those that it was just so hyper-focused that he had no time. Even the time spent with us was, I got to be working on this. I got to do this, you know, that. Yeah. And it hurt. Like, you know, it was one of those really, I, 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 I don't necessarily... It was interesting. We had a friend say there's no such thing as a regret. It's a learning tool. Yeah. Which I think is great. Um, so and I, and I remind Quinn, like we moved before our daughter was uh, two. And I'm like, she doesn't remember. <laughs> she- but it was a bad use of my uh, time. My currency was spent poorly. Now, we had lived in Utah for probably about five years and I got a really good job offer making about a hundred thousand dollars more than what I was currently making. And it got real tempting. But the other part of the, this job was it was going to require 80 to 90% of my time traveling everywhere. And I remember right when you told me, I was like, I'm in. And then you were like, I'm going to be gone all the time. And I would have been from, north of Canada down to the tip of Mexico and been gone every single week. And so even though, and there's no offense to anybody that does that because if you're intentional with your time, that's great and you can make it work. But I looked at it and said, okay, I've done that before. I've gone, I've pushed the chips all in and I, I didn't like the prison sentence. It, it, and, yeah, it, and, and that's it did how, turn into a prison that, sentence. That's how it felt for you because when you, you quit that job and took another offer, it was almost like, you know, this huge weight off of you of knowing. And that was when sitting down with Quinn, he was like, listen, I, you know, we, we make enough money um, and we're doing good. Like it's, our kids aren't going without, and I'm going to do this. If I took this job, yeah, it would be great. Like everybody's on the search to make more in that. There's nothing wrong with that. And if that's your that's your lane, keep moving. That that's great. Um, but what Quinn is trying to kind of explain is, at that point, he had to weigh out the time, 
you know, that yeah. he was going to spend. Yeah. And what, there, what, what was he trading it for? What, what am I trading? Yeah. Unintentionally. And once again, there's a compound interest effect. So if I was gone and I felt like I was missing that much with my children, what's the compound effect of that as they're adults? I can't cash in my, in, I can't cash in my retirement like cats in the cradle cats okay i'm not gonna sing <laughs> no i've already sang once today no, but, but uh, yeah and that's the that's the envision your invest your retirement so if that is that you're like i want to be spending all this time with my kids and have this great relationship with it um is i think with your kids more than any material thing you're ever going to give them it is the currency of time is what you can give your kids the most. They might act as teenagers like you are repulsive, but really deep down, they they it's time. Are you talking about being repulsed when you talk about a mommy daddy special hug? <laughs> we like to bring that up all the time to our teenagers. She's like, Ugh. and I was like, we love each other. And she's like, I just threw up in my mouth. But yes. Okay, so let's talk about eating a plain rice cake. Ugh. Nasty. Okay, right? So don't get me wrong. I love rice cakes, but I like like different flavored. You like the caramel chocolate. I, no, I don't like caramel, but I like like the chocolate. But I'll even eat the plain rice, uh, the plain rice cake, but like with peanut butter on it. We're talking just plain, plain rice cake, okay? So with that, you're going to eat it and you're like, I'm I'm eating air. There's like really no return on no fulfillment. Yes, no fulfillment by eating this plain rice cake. So it's like spending time on things that don't bring you a net return. So like don't invest where there's no payout. Yeah. Just just like eating that plain rice cake, there's no taste and the return in eating it. Yeah. I mean, for example, these things can be like politics, right? And we're not getting political. But this goes for either side of the aisle. You can spend so much time either watching the news, reading the news, getting on social media about it, yet in all reality, there's no return. Conversely, if you're into politics, let's say you go out and you stump for a candidate. Let's say you get involved in your local politics as far as your school board or your city, okay, then that's, that's your moving the needle. But I think you need to look at things and ask, are they a rice cake or a rate or a delicious piece of chocolate? Ooh. Yeah. So is this kind of like a Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> Not Tom Brady being a delicious piece of chocolate. Oh no, no, no. I was but, talking uh, about being, being know. a rice cake. No, I would. Anyway. Yeah. So Quinn, Quinn love. Well, okay. Let me give you my thing on Tom <laughs> Brady. Okay. So in this, I'm not really into football all that much, but I will say well, sidebar to that. We will go to any and every live sporting event. Sporting yeah, events. We love it, but we just do not watch sports in our house just because that's not like a rule or anything. It's just, yeah. So first off, let me tell you, Tom Brady is going to hell and he sold his soul to the devil. And that's the only thing that gets me out of bed every day to do my job. <laughs> and you need to expand well, on that because you deal. can't come. Well, I'm just saying nobody has it that good, right? Nobody's won more Super Bowls than any other quarterback. And then, oh, look at me. 
my wife makes more money than I do. Oh, she's a supermodel. Oh, that's right. Oh, and I, oh, I didn't lose my hair. Oh, I have this great hair. And oh, am I? Oh, I, are we having hair empty yeah. now? Yeah, don't, don't make fun of my disability here. So the whole point of that, bringing up Tom Brady going to hell, is there's a lot of people that invest. They might be hardcore New England Patriot fans to the point that they'll get in fights with people or spend all their time watching the New England. Well, he doesn't even play for the New England Patriots I was like, does anymore. he play no. for them? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Like everyone's like. Okay. But, or, you know, Florida or whatever. So he might be, you might be a huge Buccaneers fan or you might be a big New England Patriot fan when he played there. But you getting overly emotional about Tom Brady and like going to the mat on Tom Brady isn't going to change the call that he plays when he's out on the field isn't going to change how he throws the football, isn't going to do anything. So it's like... But you know what would? Throwing a football with your kid. Yeah. 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 It may not affect Tom Brady, but it will have... It'll move the needle. So don't invest a bunch of time in things that don't move the needle. Yeah. So we talked about the rice cake. Let's talk now about all things chocolate because I love me some chocolate. That's probably my favorite. Um And this, like, I feel like eating chocolate, there's going to always be a high rate of return on the satisfaction meter. So part of that, I feel like, is learning and continually learning. Um, When we are, we talked a lot about in our episode three on resistance, that it's like as kids, our whole life is resistance of, like, learning, getting better and that. Um, So... Like, like Quinn talks about things that you're, you're investing time on that there's no net return. You learning new things, there's always a return. So if you're in sales and you're listening to podcasts about sales, or if you're running a team and learning more about that or parenting, reading parenting books or how to deal with kids that are dealing with, um, depression, any of that, that is going to, to give you that, um, investment on return. So what you're saying is you have the rice cake and you have the piece of chocolate. Yeah. And the one that you're gaining satisfaction of definitely isn't the rice cake, but they can both take up the same amount of time. And I went through something very similar, uh, kind of my whole midlife crisis that I talked about in the first episode was just standing in front of the mirror saying like, who am I? Like, is this, is this the rest of my life? And as I started to make adjustments into my life, I decided that I was going to be more intentional with my time. When I was looking at the currency of time, I said, I'm going to be more intentional with this. Well, so, I, I think too, there was part of it at that same time. Like I felt like you were angry because you listened and no offense, because I think it's good to know our current events, but you listen to the news all the time in your truck. That's all you listen to. And it was one that you were just angry about it. Yeah. So at that point I decided I'm going to cut out all news and politics. And what I mean by cut it out, I will glance over it. So you're, I, you're intentional. I'm intentional. It. I will glance over it just so I know what stuff's going on. When I first wake up in the morning, I'll go through and just, just read a couple different news feeds. I don't even read the articles, but I know what's going on. And so I took this, I took these rice cakes out of my life and changed them with, I downloaded a bunch of podcasts and I started listening to podcasts and learned a ton. And then I also decided okay, I'm going to start reading again. And I made the goal to read some books and I was like, wow, I feel fulfilled. So it was more like eating that piece of chocolate and going, wow, that was really satisfying. 
So I know, Megan, you went through something pretty similar this last year. You were just kind of looking for some more purpose. Why don't you tell people what you did? Yeah. So um, one of my New Year's goals this year was um, to read 30 books. So that I do commute. I have probably about a 25, 30 minute commute. You said read and or listen, correct? Read or listen. Yes. And so I will say um, I love to sit down and read. I just don't don't have quite as much of that currency to deal with, but my commute, I have quite a bit. And so people ask me all the time, like, how do you find time to be reading or listening to these books? And I'm like, well, I'm intentional instead of listening to music. And that's fine. I love music, but it's being intentional where I want to walk away either learning something new or feel like I escaped into a new world. Or um, my favorite is historical fiction. Um, I can't go straight fiction like Quinn can, um, but I love to walk away and just learn more about things that I, I wasn't aware about. And, and so that was something that I've been intentional this year of with that use of time. How can I use that for good? Well, and I think even to the degree, uh, I, I assure you we're not sponsored by these people, but if they'd like to sponsor us, we would love it. But aftershock headphones, yeah, the ones that don't go in your ear, Megan wears them in the grocery store. I do. So if you you ever see me in the grocery store and you say hi and I do not like wave, it is because I, I am listening to a book or a podcast when I'm at Sam's club, like all the time. Like I, it's just constantly because for me, it's almost escape of learning something new and trying to be like, ugh. instead of going to Sam's club, I'm like, I want to feel like, Hey, okay, let's do this. Well, you know? And I think that's a really cool example of taking, uh, taking rice cake time and converting it into something positive, turning it yeah. into delicious chocolate. So I'd really like to say that our lives should be designed to inspire. So let's make a footprint worth following. And what I, what I mean by that is let's create a legacy. So when when the people around you look at you or when you pass on and your kids start talking about you, what's, what are they going to say? Are they going to say, my dad did this with me and spent this time with me and it was amazing and I could always go to him or he was always teaching me something cool or are they going to say, eh, he's kind of indifferent or are your friends going to say, wow, that person was really learned. They, they really took the time to be, to improve themselves, to become better. So as again, our life is designed to inspire. Let's make a footprint worth following an example that our kids can follow. So are you saying that if you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you wanted? Oh no. In one moment (laughs) you would capture it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Eminem. Yeah, so we went from Pink Floyd. I'm a huge Eminem fan. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. I feel like those are wise words. Uh, so you wise. got one shot. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, to summarize, time is a currency you can't get back. So again, you know, like Eminem, you have one shot, right? So be intentional to learn. Be intentional. Learn to say no. Stop using excuses because it is um, one thing you can never, like you can never get back time. So Mm. um, instead of making excuses, be intentional in that. 
be okay with saying no and realizing that your time, you are in control of it. You do have your obligations, but just realizing that when you say yes and yes and yes and yes, then you're unintentionally saying no to other things. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I would like to end with a challenge. I think challenges are cool. Yeah. So 20 pull-ups, is that the... Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. You, no. you forget your shoulders. <laughs> yeah, a lot my of shoulder is so jacked up. Ah. Anyway, uh, so today's challenge that I want to issue to everybody is identify one thing that is a d- distraction. So identify one thing that's basically your rice cake in your life and then identify what you can replace it with to be more intentional with your time. So Find that rice cake, find your distraction that's taking away all your time or that's taking too much of your time and replace it with something that you're going to be intentional with and you're going to find satisfaction. And and I promise you, uh, this is something that I think is a lifelong quest for all of us. For sure. It's not not something that's going to happen overnight, but um, I think starting with that one so- small step, that challenge, is identifying something where you're like, you know, there is no net gain in this. I'm just doing this because I can't say no or whatever it may be. Um, identify one thing and that is going to be a small step in that um, finding just a little bit, shaving a little bit off of that currency of time that's given either to you, back to your kids, to relationships, whatever it may be that is needed in your life. But um, start with the distractions. Mm. Yeah. And just for example, I mean, that could be anything from social media. It could be TV. It could be spending too much time with your... I have to know what happens on Dutton Ranch. (laughs) So don't be pointing that finger (laughs) at watching Yellowstone. But it could be anything that you feel like and you should have all those things in your life, but it could be anything that's, it's gone too much. For sure. Too much. So we are going to wrap up today. Um, thank you guys all so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. If you have the chance, please review us on whatever platform you're checking our podcast out on. Please share it with a friend. We greatly appreciate any kind words. And keep it classy. And Megan, you want to tell people where they can find us? At... On Instagram at justifying underline the underline F word. So check us out on there. And then on Facebook, we have our justifying the F word group that you can join as well. Have a great week, everybody. Be kind to each other and do fun stuff.